Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. Dude, in your wildest dreams, did you ever think when you returned from England that two things would happen? One, the San Jose Sharks would have swept the Anaheim Ducks handily handily. in four games. And two, that I would have grown the most impressive masculine mustache that you've ever seen in your life. I'm having difficulty looking at it. I got to be honest. I'm trying to think of which is more implausible. Are you mesmerized? Um, I am a little bit. It's it's hard for me to look at it and yet not look at it. It's it's sort of like a vortex. Stare deep into my mustache, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I want to give you my license and registration. <laughs> That's right. How much have you had to drink tonight, sir? <laughs> <laughs> Just two beers, Ossifer. <laughs> Get out of the car, please. <laughs> Oh my God! It's oh, a good mustache, dude, though. It really came in nicely. Thank you, dude. Yeah, it's good. It's only going to be here for another four days. Yep, and then it's going out. Then it's gone. It's gone. It's for a theatrical production. That's right. When you're an actor, sometimes you grow the facial hair that's to right. embody a character. Right. And for me, that's what I have done. I think so. Wolverine chops for Nathan Detroit actually would have been slightly funnier. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude. I mean, that's like a a completely different version of uh, the Frank Lesser classic. I don't know that. But dude, going back to supposedly what this podcast is actually about, I never in my wildest dreams expected the Sharks to sweep the Anaheim Ducks. The Anaheim Ducks were a healthy team with good centermen. And although the Sharks did win the season series, the the Ducks were on a roll. They had won 10 in a row or something, or 10 of their last 11 of the season. I mean, they were on a massive tear, and the Sharks just crushed them. What happened, dude? What happened? Well, the older core of the Ducks looked completely washed up. I just got to say. I mean, they were horrible. Yeah. Getzloff was awful. Two points, minus four, 18 penalty minutes. It was so interesting to see a complete role reversal where the Ducks in history have just gotten underneath the shark skin and got them to make mistakes. Right. And it was a complete reverse this time. Yeah. Getzloff went completely mental. He made some really, really bad mistakes, some bad penalties. You know, Corey Perry. Dude. He took some bad penalties. Corey Kessler Perry, took some bad penalties. How many points did Corey Perry have in the playoff series? One. Zero. Zero. Zero points. And he was a minus five. Yep. They were bad. And the Sharks get all the credit. I think it was no fluke. I think either they ran out of gas by having to push so hard at the end because they had such a tough start to the season. But then also, you know, you look at the Ducks and you look at, you know, I, I've heard some people discuss this um, on various uh, hockey podcasts and radio shows. And they're saying they're declaring the Ducks as done, done, that they are done, that their run with this core is over and they need to completely reevaluate that team because 
they proved against a Joe Thorntonless San Jose Sharks team mm-hmm. they were no match. No match. The Sharks completely spanked them, and it was fun to watch. I enjoyed every single moment, mm-hmm. So I'm sure every Shark fan did. It brought me true delight to see the Ducks not just lose, but get pantsed. Yeah. Humiliated. And they lost their minds in game three. And it's actually a little bit of a a blessing that someone didn't get hurt because it looks like the Ducks are basically swinging for the fences. Yeah, and, and I was very concerned about that, actually, in game four, that if the Sharks went ahead and the Ducks would just do their ducky things. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. they did not. And uh, I give them credit for going down uh, peacefully. But they certainly uh, were trying to do what the Randy Carlisle Ducks of years past have done, which is hit hard, take some penalties, try and get the Sharks off their game. But this version of the Sharks is a different team. Mm -hmm. They didn't go for it. And they just continued to play their game, which was a game motivated by speed. And they got contributions from all over the place. Dude, it, we talked about in the last podcast, we joked, not really joked, we half joked about Eric Fair being the key to this Sharks. And him missing time was uh, more of an indicator of the Sharks' late season woes than missing Joe Thornton. And that doesn't look like the dumbest thing in the world to say now that the fourth line had, what, four or five goals in the series. Eric Fair had a goal. Carlson had, what, three goals. Uh, Sorensen had three goals. Yeah, Carlson had three points. They got contributions from every forward. Every forward had a point. Mm -hmm. The game where they scored eight, they had eight different scores. Right, and you know the the guys who were at the top of their game when the Sharks made their cup run were who? Couture and Hurdle. Logan Couture, yeah. And Hurdle, remember how good he was in that playoff run? Until and Jones he got hurt. was too. And look who's shining in the first round. Yeah, those two gentlemen. You know, uh, and that's to take nothing away from Evander Kane and Joe Pavelski, who also had outstanding series. So did Donskoy. So did Sorensen, and Martin Jones with a, a goals allowed in the first round of one. Mm-hmm. You know, and a save percentage of nine seventy. Nice. Not bad. You know, so. Uh, will these things continue as the playoffs progress? No, you know, but are they possibly playing the best hockey of the year in that four game stretch? Yes, mm-hmm. they are. And that's exciting. And uh, there's certainly, I think, no negatives coming out of that series. Clearly all positives and feeling hopeful going into a matchup against the Vegas Golden Knights who you know, I, I did not think uh, we're going to sweep the the Kings. Right. And I haven't listened to the podcast, you and I, I think this is what I said, that, you know, I, I expected the Kings would win that series until I realized how hurt they were, that they had three defensemen out, and I think then I backed off that prediction. But um, it doesn't shock me that Vegas won that series based on the injuries that uh, the Kings had, but it does surprise me how they won that series. I mean, mm-hmm. they won those games one nothing, mm-hmm. two one. That's right. I mean, they won the games playing uh, defensive playoff style hockey. They were playing the Kings' way actually, mm-hmm. 
and they they beat the Kings at their own game, which surprised me. I thought the Golden Knights were going to come out and try and play, you know, win games seven to four like run this up, other Bruins run up tonight. and down the ice, right? Their and speed game, and they didn't. So which uh, style will come out uh, tomorrow night? You know, when 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 the series starts, you know, uh, how do you expect this series unfolding, dude? Well. I, I think Vegas has to try and use their speed because that's their biggest weapon. And that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to try and win the games to seven to four, as you said, but that sort of speed gave the Sharks some trouble during the regular season. And that's the thing I'm, I'm most worried about. If they can selectively or consistently play that defensive hockey scheme, which tends to win out in the playoffs, then I don't know what the Vegas line is, dude. I don't know if you pulled it up. Uh, before we uh, started the podcast here tonight. But I certainly don't expect the Sharks to be favorites. And uh, if the King, if the Knights can play in this series the way they played against the Kings, I can't say I really like the Sharks' chances. Well, dude, the, the, the series price is this. You know, the Golden Knights are... Uh, one minus one thirty five. Sharks are plus one fifteen. So it's pretty close. Um, it's pretty close. But you consider uh, some of the other series prices, which we'll get into in a second. I mean, I think that um, you know, knowing that Vegas is probably taking a lot of money on Vegas. Yeah. So you got to figure that price is probably a little bit more inflated than they probably actually want it to be. You know, because. Um, well, actually, not that they want it to be. They want it to be that expensive because they want people to pay a premium for Vegas, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't believe that the bookmakers actually believe that Vegas is a minus 135 favorite. I think they're having to make it as such so that they're protecting themselves, trying to draw in some people to put some money on the Sharks mm-hmm. because you know Vegas is infatuated with Golden Knights hockey. Yes, right? absolutely. Um. I still like the experience of the Sharks, although if you start from the back, you know, the Golden Knights have one of the all-time great playoff-performing goalies, you know, in Marc-Andre Fleury, right? I mean, who seems to be playing at the height of his powers once again, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say he's an all-time great playoff goalie, but he certainly had a good year in 2009 when the Penguins won the Cup. Um, He's playing out of his mind. He's had an, an, an amazing season. Um you know, all year he's been great. He was great in the first series. He certainly seems to be the hot hand right now, and it's going to be two hot goalies going up against each other, and Jones and and Flurry, and that's really going to be an interesting matchup to see. You know, who's going to blink first? Right? We have this young and inexperienced team that is riding high in their first season. They dispatch the Kings quickly, and we have a Sharks team that seems to have found a new identity without Joe Thornton, frankly. Yeah, that's a good point, dude. I'd like to say that Marc-Andre Fleury is 11th all-time in the NHL in playoff wins. So wow. that's got to put him in some pretty elite category. He has more playoff wins than Dominic Hasek, Curtis Joseph, and Henrik Lundqvist. Wow. So, if you've got Crosby and Malkin in front of you for 10 yeah, years Yeah, certainly, dude, certainly. But I mean, he does have a good track record. No doubt. Um... What did you say, dude? I said the Sharks have a new identity without Joe Thornton. Yeah, and I think that this is um, a, a topic that, I mean, we can get into it right now, I suppose, that, you know, the the uh, issue, which I think is a non-issue, because I don't think Joe is anywhere close to returning. 
although they you know are you know floating this they have to you know joe's not playing in game one right but um what do they do if he does come back because the team is playing differently Mm -hmm. and who comes out if he comes back and is that going to affect this team speed game that the sharks have played since joe thornton's been out and are the sharks a better team without joe thornton that's the biggest question and you know um that's a question I don't know if I want to give an answer to <laughs> yeah. because I, I love how the Sharks are playing and I love Joe Thornton, you know, and, uh, but it's a tough one, dude. Mm-hmm. It's a tough one. And, and I don't know, you know, I was reading different scenarios and it might've been Kevin Kurz who said, well, it would be Kevin LeBanc who maybe comes out of the lineup if Joe Thornton comes back. And I was like, good Lord, really? Mm-hmm. He's, that's what Kurz said. He said, put Jumbo on the third line, take LeBanc out. Ouch. And you leave the top two lines as they are constituted. I don't like that at all. And um, and I don't know what the other solution would be. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I just don't think it's going to be an issue this round. Like, I think that, uh, you know, the Sharks aren't actually expecting Joe Thornton to play this round. But it's something to, that we can keep on the back burner in terms of Joe Thornton's status. Will he play? Won't he play? Um, and what's the appropriate way to approach this if he is healthy? You know, how how does he fit in to the lineup? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I might say that he should play on the fourth line. <laughs> You're not going to take Eric Fair out, though. Well, I don't know. I, I wouldn't take Eric Fair out of the lineup at this point. <laughs> I I don't know. Like, I, I think I'd, I don't want to take out Kevin LeBanc. How do you take out Kevin LeBanc? Yeah, you're right. I mean, you know. I don't I don't know how you do that. Like that Hey, great year, kid. You had a great year. You completely stepped up and replaced uh the irreplaceable in Patrick Marlowe by having forty points in essentially your rookie year, mm-hmm. right? And um ride some pine meat. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I know. What did I do wrong? Nothing. Yeah. Tough. That'd be tough, dude. Yeah, it's, I, I, I hope you're right in that this is a decision the Sharks aren't going to literally have to make in this series. It would be easier if they didn't. I think against Nashville or Winnipeg, they might need a different set of right. forces. Right, and you see this is, you know, we, we make uh, comparisons to other sports, and I think that, you know, the Warriors in their first-round matchup against the San Antonio Spurs played JaVale McGee. Uh, started him at center, and will he play against uh, the Houston Rockets? Probably not a single minute. You know, I mean, and, <laughs> yeah. and they'll play somebody else. Like, I mean, you're playing matchups, and you know, is Joe a great matchup versus the Golden Knights? I don't know. Maybe not. Mm-hmm, maybe not. Um, would, would he be a better matchup against Winnipeg or or Nashville? Maybe. You know, I don't know, but I certainly don't think they're in any rush to get him out there, especially if they're winning. Right. They should just leave it alone. No, I'm with and you. And that's, uh, that's how I feel, dude. So in your gut, when you think the Sharks win this series? No. Interesting. I am not. After, after seeing what Vegas did in the first round. After am... seeing what Vegas did to a depleted LA Kings team? 
a depleted LA Kings team that is extremely playoff tested, has some superstars, and one of the better playoff goalies in recent history. But this is not the same LA Kings team that went on cup runs. Which a lot is of those why guys they, are gone. Which is why they got swept. But still, I'm I'm a little surprised that even the veteran Kings couldn't win a game in that series. Couldn't find a way to pull it together, and Vegas just kept the pressure on and ground them out. So I, I guess I want the Sharks to win. I can't tell you how much I want the Sharks to win. Sure, but given the matchup during the regular season, which did not go well for the Sharks, um, a couple of those games got a little out of hand. Frankly, I remember one I think where Vegas scored seven on the Sharks. Uh, that doesn't make me happy. I don't see that happening in the playoffs. I just I think the Sharks' defense is too good. And too experienced to allow something like that to happen. Um, I think Pete DeBoer is too good of a coach to let that happen. I don't think uh, I think the Sharks have an advantage in almost every category. I think the Sharks have the better goalie in Martin Jones. Um, although I think it's close, I think Martin Jones is better goalie. I would take the Sharks six defensemen any day. That's definitely over the Golden Knights defensemen. The Sharks true. clearly have the two best defensemen in the series mm-hmm. in Burns and Paul Martin. Just kidding. Uh, and, <laughs> and, uh, Dylan um, and, um, that's a very important factor. And I think that, you know, when you get into, you know, the conference semis, you know, these guys have been here multiple times. And now that you're at a different level for some of these other players, they've never been asked to be in this situation before. And uh, the Sharks, the majority of these guys have been there. They've been there very recently. So I think it's a little bit different. And um, the Vegas forwards, it's hard to explain how these guys, they've had an amazing year. And I'm not going to knock them, and I'm not going to try and take anything away from them and say that they're not good. They clearly are. But, you know, dude, I mean, click on the Vegas uh, – Golden Knights here so we can see the scores of the games against uh, the Kings, dude. I mean, those games were one nothing, 2-1, 3-2, 1-0. The Sharks beat the Ducks one time 8-1. Yeah, in 3 nothing in and game three one. 3 Like, I mean, I think that the, the separation was clearer between the Sharks and the Ducks and the Kings and the Knights. And the, and the- Kings had, I think, some some significant injury issues. Who were they missing? Muzzin, right? They were and- missing Muzzin and he came back, but I don't think he was playing healthy. They didn't have um, Fort Burt and they didn't have Drew Doughty for a game. Yeah, that's you know, right. I mean, I think um, they were their, their second, their third pair were like two AHL guys. Right. I'm not saying the Golden Knights wouldn't have won that series. Saying that that wasn't the Kings at their full strength. And so that's why uh, their sweep is impressive, but not as impressive as the shark sweep where they made the ducks look bad. And I don't think the Knights made the Kings look bad. I think they beat them four times. Right. So I like this. Pe- I like this pep talk. It's kind of working. Is this going to be an easy series? Oh no, absolutely not. No, no. I think this series goes seven. I think it's going to go seven games. The thing is, to me, the Sharks have to win one of the first two games, and they need to win it decisively because you have to shake. 
this confidence that Vegas obviously has at this point. They rolled into the playoffs, you know, as a as a young team, a new team, a team that's already far surpassed any realistic expectation anyone has had. And they win four games in a row, not easy games right. by any means, but they win all four games. They haven't met a hit a single obstacle yet. Right. Of any of any legitimacy. And the Sharks have hit some obstacles late in the season. You know, they went on a, you know, they lost Joe Thornton. They had some trouble there right at the end. And Vegas kind of cruised in. And if the Sharks can make them think about what the hell are we doing here? They win a game five to two or something like that. And, and Vegas can, you can shake their confidence a little. I wonder if it could turn the tide, but if Vegas goes back home and they win the first two games and they cruise into San Jose, then I think if it's 2-0 going into San Jose, the series is over. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily agree that the series would be over. I mean, we just saw what Washington pulled off. You know, I mean, they... Yeah, that's true. You know, rattled off an even more difficult situation than that, which was they lost both the first two home games, and then they went on a four-game run. Uh, we know, you know, you can get hot and, and pull things off, but I... Completely agree that if the Sharks win the... I think if the Sharks win tomorrow night, they will win this series, no question. Because they will do exactly that. It will make the Golden Knights think about... Get them a little tight. You know, should we... Do we belong here? You know, Gallant hasn't been here before. Mm -hmm. You know, he... In terms of playoff coaching, the Sharks have the edge. They have the edge. Pete DeBoer has been to two Stanley Cup finals. You know, this guy is battle-tested, and he's pretty savvy. And I think that, I think Gerard Gallant has done an incredible job this year. He has does not have the experience at this point. Mm -hmm. The same that, that DeBoer does, at least to my knowledge. So, I, I think the Sharks will win this series. I think they will win it in seven, dude. And I think it will be very exciting uh, to, to see them win that seventh game in Vegas. Uh, yeah, dude. I mean that that uh, will make me nervous, but I think that the Sharks have the speed and the skill, and the two guys who are performing at the level that they need to be at in order for this team to win, which is Hurdle and Couture. Mm -hmm. And watching them play the way that they are, that's when this team is at their best. And Evander Kane right alongside them. Yeah. They're going to be tough to handle, dude. They're going to be tough to handle. I hope you're right. I hope you're right, dude. Dude, let's talk about some other uh, series. The, the first round of the playoffs was uh, not that surprising in some ways. And I think the Washington turnaround was the most surprising. I think everybody was sort of calling them to lose, actually, mm -hmm. even though they were the higher seed. And then they right. lose the first two games and everyone's like, ha, <laughs> ha. Well, why and would then, you believe in them? Why, like, why would, would you? you believe in the Caps? But I'll say this, dude. I believe in them now. I think that something's different. I think this is the best thing that could have happened to them is that they, their adversity, they faced it. You just hope they haven't peaked yet. They're like that gonna, wasn't their peak. So you're picking them to beat Pittsburgh? I am. Wow. I, I think that they will beat the Pittsburgh Penguins. I think that they believe because they were left for dead. They were left oh, yeah. for dead by every pundit. And most fans oh, yeah. just went, this is over. Like, the, what a choke job. Like, they <laughs> kind of gave it away. Yeah. And they won decisively, you know, that series. 
And I think they couldn't be going into that next round against Pittsburgh with any more of a swagger. Mm -hmm. And Pittsburgh, they didn't dispose of the Flyers as handily as I think... They should have. They should have. I mean, they whooped the hell out of them in the first couple of games. Like, I watched... I think it was game one, and they were up four nothing in the first period. It should have been eight nothing. Right. I mean, they were. I mean, it looked like they were playing an AHL team. the The Flyers were so bad. But the Flyers managed to win two games in that series, which they shouldn't have. Done. And you know that Pittsburgh won Game Six in Philly with no Malkin. So, mm-hmm. um, what is wrong with Malkin? I don't know. Is he going to play Game One against Washington? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think so, but. Um, Probably won't be at full strength. Maybe not, or, you know, I, I, I'm not sure. But I I like how the Capitals are trending. I mean, I believe in, in streaks and trends, and I think that uh, that team is playing confidently, and Pittsburgh is their kryptonite, but I think that they're coming into it in the best possible scenario. Right, right. I'm still not going to pick Washington in that series. And I also just think, you know, dude, and we talked about this when we did the Vegas draft. At some point, like, at some point, you know, there's too much parity in the NHL. It's not the NBA where it's the same teams every year, right? right? Or even the NFL. Like, there's too much parity. Pittsburgh cannot make it to the Stanley Cup Finals again. Like, (laughs) it's just not going to happen. Yeah, They're going to fizzle out. It just won't happen, dude. I think the Caps are going to get them this time. And um, I, my fear for the Caps is they will view that as their Stanley Cup final, and that will be the end of the road because it will be such an emotional peak mm-hmm. that they won't be able to get past it. I'm going wild here, dude. I'm calling Caps in five. I think they're going to blitz the Pens wow. and take them out. I think Pittsburgh in six. I I I don't see. You see Crosby score a couple of goals, and they're getting they're getting contributions, and it's just it's going to be too much. I think Washington folds again, even though I have them in the Vegas draft. I think right. You do. I don't know why I picked them. Because <clears throat> they're going to make the Eastern Conference. Because I'm an idiot, uh, which has been well established. Okay, so dude, other series, Tampa Bay rolls. Not surprising. Uh, yeah, although it took them six games too, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, uh, that was not as easy as I, I think I thought it was going to be for them. And, um, I thought they played good, not great. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the advantage they're going to have going into the next round against Boston is Boston had to give everything that they had to, yeah. to escape Toronto and you got to figure they're they're pretty gassed going into that yeah playoff round against Tampa. And I guess they were not super uh, reliant on their fourth line. They were playing Marchand a lot in that, especially. And Marchand made a lot of mistakes. I mean, yeah. at least in in tonight's game early, he made some some errors that cost them some goals. So um, he's turned into such a good overall all around player, but. Um, I like Tampa against Boston, and I don't know. I, I'll say six, but I could also see it being shorter than that. I think that. it's going to be shorter than that. Um, I just think Boston would have had a better shot if they hadn't have gotten into a seven-game series against 
Toronto. I think you know they're and they should not have won that game tonight. Like Toronto was winning in the third period, and Frederick right. Anderson decided to stop playing. Like it's funny how everybody said, "Oh, he's playoff MVP," and then he gives in two soft goals in the third period of Game Seven. Like that's that's not good. If I was if I was a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, I would be livid at what Frederick Anderson did tonight in the third period. No, well, I mean, well, Jake Garner is pretty bad too, and um, you know, there's a lot of things you can circle with the Leafs, and it, you know, the for the Leafs. It, it it's not their time yet. No, you know you're right. you, you've got to be patient, and and you know they still have some work to do. Their D is not good enough, but they have a bright future. And you know I don't Maple Leafs fans shouldn't be discouraged. Like I think that that it, they're it's not their time yet. They're the Philadelphia 76ers. Huh, nice analogy to the, the NBA. I like it of the NHL. I like. It. I don't know what that means. I just picked a team at, at <laughs> random. That's a good analogy, actually. Um, Dude, uh, let's see. Oh, we have uh, National Winnipeg. That's going to be a great series. I can't wait to watch that series. I think two very evenly matched teams. Uh, Nashville struggled with Colorado more than I expected. You know, that game series went six. Um, Nashville made a statement at the end, basically by, you know, shoving their, you know, size, you know, 15 shoe deep <laughs> into the crevice of uh of Colorado but um that series was a lot tighter than I expected it to be and you know Winnipeg played a Minnesota team that was just you know playing without Parise and yeah Suter their two best players so yeah um you know and Minnesota got Boudreaux again I mean <laughs> No one saw that coming. <laughs> and with Cliff Fletcher gone, it it would not surprise me if whoever is the new GM dismisses Mr. Boudreaux as well. Um, I don't know. The guy is a awful playoff coach. Yeah. The guy is. He, he is. He's death. He's, he's death fun. The- funny to watch on TV. Yeah. <laughs> he's a good regular season coach. He's terrible in the playoffs. His rec- track record is bad. And. I would imagine whoever the new GM is is gonna ditch him. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it could happen. Could happen. I it's hard it's hard not to make that argument. You want a guy who can actually win a few. I don't know what 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 else he has to prove to you. Now I don't, I'm not saying this is his fault. I mean, you know, you know, uh, you know, Zach Parisi's, you know, fractured whatever spleen or coccyx or whatever it was dude i mean i i mean the guy was severely injured and then you know um suitor i mean that's not his fault but of the other two years of playoff losses he didn't help you know so i don't know so what are you picking you're i mean you have to pick nashville still right yeah, I, I i'm looking at the headlines patrick line didn't practice today but that doesn't necessarily mean anything yeah, you know, I would take Nashville most definitely. I don't think it's going to be short, though. That's going to be a six- or seven-game series for sure. I think the thing that, you know, it, for Sharks fans, that if somehow the Sharks can win tomorrow, which I, I think they will, dude. I, I just I have a feeling. I think that they're going to win tomorrow night. That if they can win tomorrow night and come and split in Vegas and take care of business in San Jose... 
the best case scenario for the Sharks is to try to get out of this Vegas series mm-hmm. in in short order. Right. Because that Nashville win and play series is going to be long and physical and tough. And whoever emerges from that is going to have some bruises, some injuries, and they're going to be tired. And that's going to be the Sharks' best chance to be either Winnipeg or Nashville, which are two teams that are better than the Sharks. Definitely better, yeah. And I think I'm not ready to say that that Vegas is better than the Sharks. I know they had a better record and a better season. I still And they won the head-to-head. I, I still don't think they're better. Like I think the Sharks are better. If I was in Vegas, I would bet on the Sharks to win the series. I think that they're the better team. But... Are they better than Winnipeg or Nashville? No. Could they beat them in a series given the right set of circumstances? Right. Absolutely. We've Give, seen it happen every year. Yeah. You see some random team win yeah. and they shouldn't have. And I don't know if the Sharks are a random team, dude. They're, um, they're, this has ended up much better than I think either of us expected. That's for sure. That, you know, I don't think either of us expected them to be in the second round. I think that if you look at this play, the playoffs, how this has gone on, I think people, and not just Sharks fans, I think people around the league can say the Sharks are a dark horse. The well, Sharks yeah. are an actual dark horse in this playoff. And they're the long shot. I they're mean, not a sitting duck, but and they're not the favorite. They're a dark horse. Like, they could surprise, you know, if like you said, sure. if, they, if they win in five games against Vegas and Winnipeg and Nashville go seven... It could happen. Like the Sharks could all of a sudden be a surprising team against one of those teams if they take a hiccup. Maybe someone's a little banged up. It could happen, right? Rene struggles all of a sudden in the playoffs, right? We've seen it happen a couple years ago. Whatever. It it could happen. I mean, there th- there's no way the Sharks will be favored against either of those two teams, and probably the money will go against them and the pundits will go against them. But they wouldn't be a dark horse if they were the favorite. Sure. I mean, the Sharks, I, I would imagine, although the Easter Conference odds have been wiped out because of the Boston series that just happened. I mean, the Sharks are um, you know, plus 375 to win the Western Conference, which would mean if you put down a 100 bucks, you'd win 375, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas Nashville is plus 175. Wow. So I would imagine that um, to win the Stanley Cup, that the Sharks might be of the eight teams left ranked eight. Yeah. I mean, I think they're probably the longest odds to win the, the Stanley cup and uh, you know, for the sharks, it's actually a decent spot to be in. Mm-hmm. No one expects you to be here. No one's really giving you much of a chance. Why not? You know, why not them? Because um, the way that they played in that first round They've made a believer out of me and dude, and I think what what I'm most encouraged about, dude, even if the Sharks lose this series, I was very concerned not just about this year, but about the next five years, mm-hmm. right? And to see the landscape of a Joe Thorntonless Sharks be as sunny as it is, right? To see them play as well as they have, and knowing the cap room and the what we suspect to be the plan, right? Mm-hmm. To try and add another new veteran, young veteran skilled player to this mix. The Sharks might not just be good now. They might be good for the next several years. And, you know, as 
people have bagged on Doug Wilson, including us, for not really having a plan. Maybe he did. Maybe it's a plan. Maybe he backed into it, but it's still a plan. Doesn't matter. <laughs> you get the credit either way. I'm calling Sharks in seven, dude. What are you saying? I have to pick the Sharks because this is a Sharks podcast. I'm going to say Sharks in six then. Dude, I like uh, it. Winning my, at home. My, you got to win it at home. All, All right, right, dude. Well... It was a fun first round. Let's hope we have an equally exciting second round and playoff hockey continues and it's going to be a lot of good games on, on slate for this weekend. Yeah, I mean, for as unwatchable as some of the first round games were and just unappetizing, mm-hmm. all four of these series are interesting. Yeah, that's for and sure. And I think all four of them are going to be competitive. Should be fun. We should have some good hockey this round for sure. For sure. All right, dude. Go Sharks. I hope the Sharks grow mustaches like yours. (laughs) Go Sharks. Go mustache. Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.